Welcome to the Healthy Church Growth Show podcast with me, Madge Obasaki. I'm an ordained minister, a church consultant, author, and I'm honoured to be the host of this podcast. This podcast addresses a wide range of issues which affect the healthy growth of the church at large. Every single Monday, you'll hear me with fellow ministers, church leaders, and experts in their field to help leaders in the body of Christ identify practical solutions. Join me every Monday for an episode of the Healthy Church Growth Show podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Healthy Church Growth Show podcast. And this is episode 31. Honestly, I didn't know whether I was going to get here or not, but it's all by God's grace. And today we are talking about live streaming. And if you're watching this video or you're listening to the audio, this has actually been done by live stream. So we're going to be talking to an absolute expert in this area, 25 years of technology, IT, webcasting, and what we call live streaming. Who better to talk to than John Porterfield over in Southern California? John, how are you? I am well, Madge. Thank you. Great to be with you today. Thank you for the opportunity and uh, to have a few minutes to talk with your with your audience. Oh, fantastic. Well, the reason we're talking is um, live streaming has become a big thing. Um, and that's because obviously we're still in a pandemic. Uh, this is the third week in November and many churches up and uh, across the world have not been able to meet up in person. And so live streaming has become a way of them reaching their congregation, uh, developing new relationships, and also making sure that they engage with people generally. Um, so John, the first thing I would want to ask you is about your experience in live streaming and maybe some of the companies and organizations that you've worked with. Absolutely, happy to do that. My jumping into the live streaming space uh, started as a volunteer at Harvest Christian Fellowship or Harvest Ministries Great Glory uh, at a Riverside, California as a volunteer. Um, and I was coming, going through a transition. Uh, during that transition from a role, I was with a previous company, um, an, a large technology OEM company, Dell Computer. And uh, so I was transitioning out, uh, looking, and a friend of mine said, hey, could you help us out? Jumped into that volunteer role, which which led to actually me coming on staff part time and supporting some live streaming activities, in particular uh, a large crusade event that they were planning um, in a few months that we that Harvest usually holds. So I've worked. I, I came on board with them, started in that role, and uh, subsequently I've worked with uh, Amazon, as most people will know the name, uh, but their technology, we call them AWS, Amazon Web Services, that's their technology portion of their company. Uh, and other notable type co in, in companies like Microsoft and doing strategic partnership work between them and some other companies. And so I've kind of had a wide exposure, but from a live streaming perspective, recently I've been spending a lot of time in researching and working with um, Amazon and others in the live streaming community to really talk about media online, right? And what does that look like? And in particular for churches and houses of worship and other venues where 
uh, people are trying to either learn and better understand live streaming or looking to make some decisions. And we're talking about where the technology is going, especially in light of the, the pandemic situation. Oh, thank you for that. I mean, that's um, there are quite big hitters there. Uh, we're talking about local churches today, but this is all relevant. So I know that um, a lot of churches have used Zoom. Uh, Zoom has become, I mean, like their their uh, stocks must be off the chart at the moment. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, they are. They're skyrocketing. <laughs> I wish I'd More like it. I wish I'd invested yeah. years ago when I first <laughs> Me <started>. too. <laughs> Me too. I wish I had done the same thing. I was like, yeah. wait, how did I miss this boat? How did I miss this one? I, nobody told me about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so we, you know, people know about Zoom now and a lot of mm -hmm. uh, local churches uh, across the world are using Zoom uh, to communicate with their congregations. But is it live streaming? Not really. Right. Uh, Zoom and other type of platforms similar to the Zoom uh, product uh, were designed for really for the corporate world, business world, let's just say that, uh, for web conferencing and communication. Um, and uh, so I think Zoom became kind of an alternative. Uh, the term I used when in back in March, it was kind of the hair on fire moment. Right. And a lot of the local churches and other organizations had to identify different tools. Zoom was obviously being utilized in the local church and it was an easy platform to navigate to and maybe utilize it for connecting with the, their congregation, right, and in the communities they were with. Uh, but it's not really a live streaming platform. It wasn't built and designed to do that. And that's the difference between, and, 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 and the other issues that came up with Zoom, I think people probably saw in the news were about security and different things that have come up over time. And that's just because the platform was, uh, or the, the technology, the product itself was taken and utilized in different ways that wasn't originally designed to do. Um, can they get there and do some things to support some efforts? Sure. But truly, it's not a live streaming. The, the live streaming platform is what you see when you go to, let's say, Facebook Live, right? Or uh, YouTube, or another type of, of familiar brand name out there that people would know. Uh, and say when they watch an event or maybe a local television show or a sporting event, right? And those are hosted on different different ways and different platforms that are designed. They have the right technology and the right infrastructure, as I say, or the right ingredients, like a, a good recipe for a great dinner uh, to bring that together and try to make sure and, and deliver that. Mm. Uh, so for the uninitiated, what is live streaming because we talk about it but actually right. if zoom isn't what is well but for live streaming really is is taking what traditionally has been inside your church or a local area video let's just say a camera um, and uh, an audio device a microphone right and taking those those things that we've seen over the years and kind of integrate that or bring it into a way that through software like uh, what you might, uh, like Ecamm uh, or another type of uh, technology product and embed that. Now what I mean embed is I mean you're, inter you're, you're kind of, if people can picture this, you're integrating two different sources into one area. And then via technology, we're, we're taking that and through the software and hardware and the magic of technology, we, we are able to distribute that over the internet, right? And then you're able to view that. Your network connection or your internet connection is, is very 
very important, right? Because we can do everything in-house, but if we don't have a good internet connection to be able to send this out onto the internet, that makes it very difficult. So live streaming is really taking everything that we've seen from media, television, those audio, and putting it out onto the internet, right? And distributing that in, in different ways or forums uh, and activities that people can view online, either live or you know maybe post activity, meaning the event concluded, let's say the church service as an example, right? And then we're making that content or that media available to people to watch uh, at a later time. Yeah, I mean, we are on, um, you kindly set up Ecamm so that I could see. Um, I'm not mm -hmm. completely untechnical, but I did not really understand why. And that's probably my next question. Why should we use the likes of this platform, which we're using? It's actually brilliant, right. absolutely brilliant, to just going straight on YouTube or straight on Facebook uh, and doing that. So what are the advantages? Let's face, let's say, what are the advantages of Facebook and YouTube? I know one of them is they're free. Why wouldn't we just use them on their own? Why do we need an extra piece of software, as you mentioned, to make it work better? So, uh, you know, Facebook and YouTube are, are no, no, no doubt, are tremendous platforms. Um, and they are very, and they have a broad reach, meaning they're global, right? Anybody's familiar, you can go to YouTube and go to your, go on the internet and, and find a video and, and Facebook's the same way. Those platforms or those technologies in their original creation were built for different ways and means to deliver video uh, and audio online. Um, and certainly one could use it. The, the challenge becomes with live streaming is this, and this comes back to really kind of ownership. That's the way I, I explain it to people. You, when you go onto the other platforms, you are really kind of giving, you, you don't have any control if Facebook makes a decision to change something and how they run their software, right? In terms of their service. And, and so there's been a lot of challenges during the, the pandemic and transition to the new norm as people have gone online where they've run into situations like different levels of like, can I use music? Can I do this? Can I do that? So, and then they interact, and there is inter interactive activity of communication with your audience. But there are some challenges in terms of where you, when you do that, you're really kind of not, you don't have ownership of the content, where it's placed. Um, you can live stream, yes. You can make it available on your Facebook page. But for live streaming in particular, and what I've worked on over the years is what we call uh, your archives or your audience. Where do you want your audience to go? Is that really what you want your audience to be, right? And for a church, for a local church, I think it's important that we look at it from the perspective of an online ministry, right? The same thing that we do physical or in the physical uh, sense of the structure of the building and the people and the pews and people coming together as the church, we're taking that online. And I think it's important that we take and have people on a, on a site or a page, if you will, let's say on the internet, that has your live stream, that has a way of communicating with your, with your congregants or online congregation audience, that allows your pastors and people to act as hosts and uh, really kind of uh, contribute to engaging with those that are online because of the social distancing, the restrictions, you're, you're in the UK, the lockdowns, we're having lockdowns here in the United States. What happens when that happens? What, what, where do we go? And so what we're really trying to do is, is really build an online ministry. That's what we're, uh, really simply, 
We're trying to develop the same approach. And so Jeff Reed, uh, a gentleman, a good friend of mine out of Miami, um, likes to use the word fidgetal, right? It's physical and digital. And we're bringing that together to create an environment. So it's important to have that. And that allows you to have ownership, right? Ownership of your message, of your services, of how you handled your teaching and discipleship. And when you go to Facebook, the way we measure things in terms of numbers and how people view and interact are very different than what we're doing from a church. For a church, we're looking at the relationship. Not to say you can't accomplish that on Facebook, right? Or YouTube, but this, there's a different way in a process. And I, I think that that's a bit of a challenge. It's easy to do it because it's free, no, no, no doubt about that. If any of these platforms change their uh, rules or policies, you don't have any way, you don't pay them. And if you're paying somebody to ha handle your live stream and you, you have a process in place, you manage it, you, I call it, you have ownership over it, right? And that's important. And for churches right now, I think that's, it, we need to get them to, to your church page to your website, uh, a way of developing your online ministry. And that can only be accomplished when you kind of bring the live stream back into what people would know somewhere on the church website or some other way of somehow integrating that process into the overall mission of the local church. So you're, you're talking about, um, of, from what I'm hearing, you're talking about control really. And I love that term, fidgetal. Is it fidgetal? It is fidgetal. <laughs> Jeff came up I with that. I I not, we, we seem to be coming up with all sorts of new terms and ways of communicating the new norm, right? But it is really true. And it is a continuous d discussion that we have in the online, myself and other peers in my realm of the world, as well as those that are pastors that I'm talking to at a local church level that have an online ministry. And that's the goal that I have in my YouTube channel and things that we're talking about is how are they integrating the online ministry? What are they looking at? What's their focus, right? And so, you know, I think that's right now we need that and we need a strategy that we continue. We have an opportunity as the church more than we've ever had to reach people with not only with the good news of the gospel, but to teach and strengthen the health of those in our community, those that are facing the uncertainty of our times, those that are, are dealing with the lack of hope. We're seeing depression. We're seeing a lot of fatigue, a lot of other things coming into play. And this is an opportunity from a ministry perspective to be able to reach those and they also maybe hopefully, Lord willing, uh, engage with them locally, right? And have a way of communicating in, in, within your area. So um, we're talking about control in terms of being able to get better statistics, better uh, data, uh, better information on who is attending, Mm -hmm. and being able to engage with them. And I think what I'm hearing you say is that the traditional platforms on their own, standalone, will not do that. I think that's what I'm hearing. Yeah, you're hearing it right. What's the best way of evaluating these extra bits of software? For instance, we, I mentioned a couple of times now, we're using Ecamm, mm -hmm. and I happen to know there's, um, you know, a lot of software out there. There's OBS, which has been around for a long time and right. it's very comp. Don't go there if you don't know what you're doing. But we've also got um, you're uh, right. something you're totally that right. I discovered <laughs> the other day called um, 
light uh, light stream i think it's called mm -hmm. um and mm -hmm. it's like a, a, a it's a bit more um a bit more accessible so t tell me about that how do people evaluate the sort of software you know can they trial it are there any non-negotiables any any examples that you've got Absolutely. So I've got a few examples. And to real quick on the uh, for one second to touch back on Facebook, I think the other part of it I would add for your audience is not only is it the numbers of people and reaching them, it's the giving and adding those additional features of your giving moment and other things and prayer moment in, in parts of your live stream. Jumping back to the software, uh, those types of uh, bits and pieces of things that you bring together and, and evaluating them. Absolutely. Uh, an integration type perspective. And I think you have to evaluate the software. So a lot of the software is like Ecamm, OBS you mentioned, uh, StreamYard's another one out there that is on is internet-based um, that allows you to take a camera like we're doing here today in your audio. And again, we're talking about a live stream, embed that and be able to do a live stream, record, uh, create a podcast, right? And a lot of them are offering trials and evaluation. So I think uh, my advice is real simply is the key area of, of testing these different platforms is looking at the requirements. What do you need, right? Um, what's required? And then looking at um, if you're a pastor at a local church or somebody within uh, the organization, uh, do you have some people that could come alongside of you and help develop the online ministry? Maybe you have somebody who does IT work. Uh, but these, these software, each of these different types of software do, are unique into themselves, right? And they do have different characteristics. And I've really advised everybody, kind of take the, the crawl, walk, run approach, right? Just slowly bring it in. And I have a term I call test to validate. You really need to validate that it's gonna work for what you need. Do you have the right PC or Mac? Do you have the right type of audio equipment? Do you have the right camera? What type of camera would you need, right? And that kind of, you know, if you take the time to evaluate like a software like, let's just say StreamYard or Ecamm, you could have time to work with it, evaluate it. I really said, I, I just tell people, you, you got it, you have to do the deep dive. And if you don't know, and you're, it's unfamiliar territory, obviously, because it's very foreign as technology can be and somewhat complex, that's where people like myself and others, as part of the broader uh, live stream church community, that are on Facebook or other part that can you can ask questions, right? We're here to engage and help support. It's not a I don't think this is a time of saying go do X, Y, and Z, and here's the easy button because there is no easy button. I think we yeah. need to really look at it from the perspective of of how we help each other and what resources are available that we can connect your uh, local pastor yeah. or church with, right? And I think that's that's important. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned computers. You mentioned staff. So let's take. You know, um, you keep talking about hardware, but I think you mean computers, really. And I do. I, I do mean computers. Into the, can they use what they've got to begin with? So, for example, typically most churches will have a laptop, some sort of laptop, mm -hmm. um, like mm -hmm. I'm on at the moment. I'm using an ordinary laptop, and you've connected with me on this eCam, which I think mm -hmm. is brilliant, by mm -hmm. the way. Uh, this is like a revelation to me, so I shall be exploring this in a lot more detail. But um, do they need anything that is a bit out there to begin with, or can they use what they've got, like the woman with the cruise of oil? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 so I think you're absolutely. So there's a couple of different ways you can approach it, and from the computer, and I, 
I apologize to your audience. I want to make sure I'm clear about the term. So when I mean hardware, I mean computers. And that's just the, the geek part of my brain coming out. The, um, You're a techie. I'm a techie. I am. I am a techie. In fact, uh, at Harvest, we had this little face of, of a, a little boy, and doing something. The it had a propeller, so we're called propeller heads. So another story, another time. Anyways, <laughs> uh, absolutely. Could you use your? Could you use an existing computer, a PC like a Windows PC or a Macintosh Apple computer, something like that? Certainly, you could look at that and see if it's capable of handling that. You could simply purchase like what we call a USB microphone that plugs into the USB port of your computer. Uh, you could use a camera. It doesn't have to be a super expensive fancy camera. Uh, like I'm using here uh, with one of the Sonys, you could get, there are different options. There's a group, we'll provide a link for you to share with your, with your audience uh, that mm. I've connected with out of uh, Washington State that have been working a lot with people who are getting into live streaming. What type of equipment would you need? What type of lighting, right? Uh, you could do that and then test with, you know, a, a look at the microphone, look at the camera, identify something you could use. Maybe it's an iPhone 11 Pro, if people are familiar with that, or uh, the new iPhone 12. There are different devices. So you devices. could use mobiles as well. Yeah, in fact, I'm getting ready to do a video on that right now. Uh, there's another company in the industry called Filmic Pro. They're used a lot on mobile phones. Uh, and so what we're, I'm able to do now, I don't have my phone in front of me, but they essentially take my iPhone and turn that into a webcam. Now this came out because of the pandemic when everything initially hit, there was a surge of every buying, everybody buying webcams, microphones, lights, you name it, right? It was across the board. And in some cases, people were buying these and reselling them for a much more expensive price to on Amazon and different sites. And so we started looking at what type of devices could I use. So now we're seeing the iPhone. So there are different options now that would allow you to take that, uh, give the right, what we call perspective, right, of the, sh the view of, the, of there, and then look at how you can integrate your audio. So here's the key that I would tell people to take a look at. Blackmagic Design, they're a big production company, hardware company in the industry. They're uh, based out of Australia, but they are all over the global. Uh, they came up with a product called the ATM Mini. And the ATM Mini really is just a, uh, uh, like a computer, a little different, but it incorporates your, your ability to pull in your audio, your video, uh, even do like live streaming with, it, with one of their devices into one so that you can centralize that and then plug that into your computer. And that can be plugged into your computers. And that would allow you to integrate everything into one deal. And this would allow people to kind of start at a very kind of work through the process look at the software yeah. like we talked about. So yeah. I don't want to go too many details, but you know, I think there's, what we've seen is a lot of different options come out, but I would say it's real simply, yes. But you need to look at the requirements of your computer, uh, what I call the, the specs, if you will, what your memory. How your, much space, how much memory, et absolutely. cetera. Well, right. I, I, want to peop I want people to uh, feel better about this. I'm using a computer. Uh, at the moment, and you've linked me, kindly linked me to Ecamm. Mm -hmm. And this computer's four years old. It's a laptop. It does have two terabyte, uh, two terabyte plus external. So it's got a lot of space mm -hmm. on it, mm -hmm. but it's actually quite basic. And we're using this, um, I've, I've got a, a USB 
microphone in, which actually didn't pick up anyway. So I'm actually using the internal microphone of the laptop. Mm -hmm. I'm using the internal webcam of the laptop. Mm -hmm. So it's very basic, and mm -hmm. yet it's working. Um, I do have one piece of equipment which I am going to mention because even though I'm not an expert, I know this is essential, and that is an Ethernet cable, and it's essential that that goes through from your Wi-Fi router straight to your laptop or your computer. Mm -hmm. um, that's very, very important. Otherwise, you get dropouts and stuff like that. So that's yep. me showing off a tiny bit of knowledge there. No, absolutely. Um, but that's you good. also mentioned staff, didn't you? I did mention staff. And that's an important yeah, part. Yeah, and right. do they have to be expert media people? No. Uh, in fact, my volunteer team that I worked with at Harvest, uh, when I brought people in, some didn't have any computer experience. Um, mm. And so I worked, I, so one of my, my, my background in the technology industry, spent a, I spent a lot of time working with other people in different training aspects of projects. We had kind of what we call an onboarding process, meaning once they came in, we evaluated and they came to serve in the webcast or live streaming ministry. And then we would have a description and requirements and then uh, the other part of it was uh, I would spend the next three months or so, whatever time was necessary, and then I would have kind of the buddy system, meaning I'd have somebody that was already had been doing the helping serve in the ministry work mm -hmm. alongside of them, right? So you don't have, they don't have to be an expert in terms of this. I think that, you know, that's not, that's not a requirement. It's, it's, it's somebody's willingness to serve and to learn mm. and support the ministry. And I think for the pastor, it, looking at this, certainly for Harvest, um, you know, we were a very large ministry, uh, a church of 15 to 20,000 people, right? Um, but when the pandemic hit, a lot of our pastors and a lot of other people in the ministry were not, didn't have a whole lot to do because people weren't physically in the church. They all jumped yeah. online and we had to help them. They were being like hosts and moderators and talking to, to people online and praying with them. So what we're really mm. talking we're really talking about is the online ministry, right? And you're trying to develop that online ministry team as you develop what you're going to use from a technology, a computer, the software, the network. We talked about the Ethernet cable, all those type type of bits and pieces that kind of culminate and bring it all together into into an uh, online ministry, digital ministry for the church. And so I think it's a Warren Wearsby who wrote a book about. Uh, being a servant, right? And we're all we all serve in one way or the other, whether you're on staff or not. We're all. I always told everybody, look, just because I'm on staff doesn't mean I'm any different than you. We are working together as a team. We're the church, and we're here to provide yeah. a ministry. And so a lot of the people that I had come in loved it. Um, some actually, and it helped them from a skill set. Actually, started helping them for another part of their career. Some found jobs mm -hmm. and things they could go do. So. There's a lot of opportunities even in the church to help people who aren't experienced in an area to develop a skill that they can yeah. take and actually use for themselves outside the church and share that example. What better example? How did you learn this? Well, I learned it. I was a volunteer at my church and they taught me. Okay. So now you've got the opportunity for sending them out into the community to the area yeah. of sharing their experience of how the Lord used that process to help others. You bring up such an important point. And you know, my background's human resource management. So volunteer management's a, a big thing. Actually, 
I did do a podcast. I don't know what number it was, um, but if people look back on the show, they'll see there's an episode specifically on volunteer management. And what you said was, you know, classic um, casebook study of how we treat people who are volunteering in the church and the fact that they, they came with no skills, but they can, even if they leave, they've got something to put on their resume or their CV. And another thing that you brought up, which was fantastic, was the fact is, if people have been doing um, the physical church and now they're not there, what they're almost, they could almost be redundant unless you use them for this new technology. So you can have an usher, for example, mm -hmm. who is serving online as a host if they are uh, capable or gifted in prayer, they could yeah. be praying for people, uh, pointing them in the right direction, replying back to any messages that come through the live stream. So there's a lot of things that we can do to help. It does not always have to be the pastor. And in fact, it shouldn't ever be just the pastor. Otherwise Absolutely. we can't. Totally. But you know, John, you're a consultant and, um, and I know you don't quite like that word. I know you like enabler, but I know people understand <laughs> That's uh, the word consultant. But if church leaders approach you, mm -hmm. why why are they approaching you? What What is it about you that's different from them going off and researching what's on the internet already concerning mm -hmm. uh, live streaming? Why would they come to you? Uh, let me approach it this way. They're coming to me to help provide the, hopefully the insight they need to make a decision on where they need to get to. So a lot of times I'll get asked like, what's a good, uh, what should we do to upgrade our technology and computers, things to do for live streaming? And so what, we're what they're asking for is, we need your expertise to help us kind of accelerate, push forward, uh, without having to go and research all of it. And there's still, be, there's still some research involved, but I think the bottom line is that uh, it's helping them kind of adopt and accelerate. I call it, um, there's a term that we used uh, a while back called uh, fast track. What that means is, is that we're just trying to accelerate. Somebody has the knowledge and has the expertise who's been doing this for a period of time, has the connections within the industry. We talked about Amazon, we talked about other technology companies. Um, that has kind of is kind of immersed themselves as part of their responsibility and their focus and what they're doing and that being me uh, is trying to then do that and also have this experience from a, a, a uh, from a live stream church ministry perspective right and somebody that's been on, on the on the boots on the ground we would call it to go out and do that you know and I've done not only the weekly broadcast but we did the large crusade events I had to pull a team together to do online counseling and have people help do help desk online, uh, help like IT support to support those watching the live stream when they were having a problem viewing the live stream. I had to think of all these different ways of trying to pull these resources and the online ministry and what we did at a very large scale level. And I loved it because what it really gave me an opportunity is to learn and grow uh, personally and spiritually and, uh, and professionally but also help now other churches, other pastors, and especially with the pandemic right now, kind of walk through and talk about, okay, help me understand where you're at, and then let's talk about where you want to go, 
And I think the key part of this is listening. It's easy to, to push out a lot of information. The good starting point is for me to listen to hear what they're asking and then determine mm. how I can help them navigate a vast array of choices, uh, like going to a Walmart or to a large department store and you're looking for something and you're trying to find that one item you want to look for, but you don't know which aisle to go on. You don't know where to start. And that's kind of what I'm trying to do is help them get that starting point, right? And find the right aisle. So I'm the guy in the, in the department store saying, hey, I'm over here. Do you need help, sir or madam? Uh, and where can I help? How can I help you, right? And that's always my, my key area is how I start. How can I help? Almost like a personal shopper, I think. Uh, yeah. The personal shopper of the live stream world. I don't know whether you want to can that, but I just I, came I'll up take with it. that just now. <laughs> you, uh, you got you came up with it. I'll take it. I'll use it. Sounds good to me. That's awesome. I just want you to tell us about a, one case study where you know a chart has started from almost nothing to going live and doing it with all the recommendations you put in place. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So there was a church called Kinder Church. They're out of Anaheim, California. They are not a very large church, but they're fairly, you know, they've been around for a while and, and Pastor Philip DeCourcy is their pastor. And we'll put a link to the case study to the story about them. I'll get the link to the, to the story. The way I work with Chris Voltner, who's their kind of like, um, technology person and overseeing this whole process, their online ministry. So somebody in the ministry, kind of, they wanted to go online and do a live stream. And somebody gave them a computer-like device that would allow them to see if they could live stream to Facebook. And they were, they were trying to see how that would function because they weren't, really weren't doing live streaming at the time. And they wanted, they saw that as a necessary part of their ex extension or part of their ministry. Chris and I, he just happened to reach out to me via email when I was at, uh, at Harvest. And he asked, how does Harvest run your, how do they run their webcast? Chris and I met, we had a discussion on the phone. We, we, we sent emails back and forth. I came out and did a site visit. We talked about different ways, made some recommendations on different types of computer hardware that's specifically designed for live streaming and looked at their networking, their internet, um, and talked about that, talked about a couple other ideas. That allowed them to first get a successful live stream to run on Facebook. We, and then they kind of launched their own online digital ministry, which the story talks more in detail about, where they now have a website, you see the live stream, you can chat with one of their online hosts, prayer. Uh, so I've kind of helped kind of Chris go through that process. Now I would say it's probably been about, uh, for him, a two to three year process, right? Of just working through that when we started a couple of years ago. And they just kind of, again, took that, that crawl, walk, run approach and mm -hmm. to develop the right strategy. Wonderful story. It's been very beneficial for them now with the pandemic because it allowed them, even though some changes they needed to make, um, I connected them with another vendor called StreamMonkey. They're an online video streaming company. Um, and we started, I just started kind of facilitating the conversations, um, allowed Chris to take the time he needed to, to test. Uh, and so out of that case study or that story um, that Chris, we interviewed him, it's a wonderful story. And so we'll put a link to it because I think people would be blessed to hear and a couple other stories about some of the churches who, who, where they were at before online streaming or what they were looking at and to where they're at today. So it's the kind of the before after type approach. And, and, and that's so important, you know, that we have real examples, you know, mm -hmm. we can talk about the theories, but what, what's the practice? And 
Um, as John said, everything that you've heard about today, the links for uh, the various applications and the link to John himself will be on the show notes. John, I want to thank you so much for this. I've really enjoyed working with you. Thank you. Uh, we've spoken you. a couple of times and this has been a fantastic experience for me because I love technology. I'm always learning more and I just want to say God bless you and keep you. Thank and you. may he expand your coasts so that you continue to be an evangelist or I think you're more apostolic in this area to spread this news about technology because frankly even if we go back to physical church the, we've now discovered that there are people out there that mm -hmm. might never enter our church yeah. they might be in a different region might be in a different country mm -hmm. but they still want mm -hmm. to engage and this is where the technology comes in so god bless you john porterfield you i really appreciate mm -hmm. your time Thank you so much, Matt. I appreciate it. Thank you. Blessings to you and be praying for you guys in the UK. And I know you're under a lot of a lot of things happening in your area. So thank you so much for the opportunity and uh, really appreciate it. And, I'm, and if I can be to help anybody, I'm happy to do that. Thank you for listening to the Healthy Church Growth Show podcast. If you enjoyed the show, let us know what you think by leaving feedback on any podcast platform you listen to podcasts on. Don't forget to share this link with fellow ministers and church leaders and join us every Monday for another episode of the Healthy Church Growth Show podcast.